Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot round! I don't. What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bop halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you gonna get me the oh, ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball! I hope he doesn't kill somebody. Welcome in to 11 Personnel. Nick Roush and Adam Luckett are back from Athens where the Cats did not get the victory but it was still all in all a solid trip if you couldn't tell my voice is still a little shot like it from our weekend maybe a little too much screaming when we were on Clayton Street never a bad time in Athens that's for sure Clayton Street is a gym bounced around to our few few of our spots there had a great time Friday night Saturday was awesome yeah yeah going to game day was cool and then all the Kentucky fans being there Mm-hmm. It was a pretty cool scene there in Athens. Big game vibe for sure. Right, right. And then you played the game, Kentucky. Nick, they needed to catch some breaks and play one of their best games of the season. They didn't really catch – they caught some breaks, but not not enough, and then they didn't play their best game of the season. Results in a 30-13 to 13 loss. There's no moral victories, and that's a big talking point this week, but I do think oh, yeah. there's, there's positives you can take away from this game. Kentucky hadn't scored a touchdown in two years against Georgia. Three total <laughs> points. I think you credit Liam Cohen for, with 17 points after that game, him and Will Levis. Yeah. And, and, and really, you know you what? Could, you could, you could go give them 21, 21 if they yeah. make a block. Right, right. Because, I mean, that play was – I mean, that was the perfect call. Uh, mm-hmm. And now they had a short field on that, but other than that, they didn't have a short field. They put three scoring possessions together against a top, top, top defense, the best by far country, no turnovers. Georgia took away the best thing they do, which is run the football, and they still figured out some ways to move the football and have some success relative when you're going against that defense. But to me, that's a big kind of takeaway I have from this game. Kentucky had so many moments with Eddie Grand in big games where they just could not score. The Texas A&M game, obviously, pops mm-hmm. in your head right away. Right, right, right. And there's other moments where they almost blew it, like in 2018. You almost blew having that chance to host Georgia for the SEC East Championship because of how bad you are on offense against both Vanderbilt and Missouri. Yeah. And so, like, Missouri only scored one offensive touchdown, and it came on a walk-off play. But you're let out, but you're able to win the game. There's been moments like that where they just haven't been able to score in big spots. That's why you're higher Cohen. And I think you saw some of that. Like, I think in these big games down the road, 
we're all talking about like lack of receiver this week, lack of playmakers on the perimeter, depth of playmakers. But now I think you're going to have a coach and a play caller that can scheme up when you get in this next spot next year, or two years down the road, where you're going to be able to score points on folks. And that, that today, like the Georgia game was why he hired Cohen and you saw from him that he's going to be able to put you in position to have a chance to win that game. And that was my mm-hmm. big takeaway on the flip side, the defense picked a bad day to have their, one of the worst performances of the season over nine yards per play. They did a lot of try to they like they brought a lot of six man pressures, which was the most probably they brought all season, and they all got pretty much all of them got sniffed out. Oh man, the one on the touchdown to Bowers, I mean, it never had a shot, you know. But like, even those then, just got stuffed at the line. Yeah. Good coverage, an All American just made a play. Stetson Bennett played as well as he could play. Yeah, both touchdown to Bowers were just big time throws. Oh man, that one Bowers, it almost hit him in the head. You know, he was he, making long throws down the field in, in between windows and zone coverage. I mean, it, it is what it is. If he was going to play like that, you were just it was just going to be tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, you, to beat them, you you needed I, I think to win this game. Well, you mentioned uh, being opportunistic, but you also needed Stetson Bennett to play like a backup quarterback and not like a starter. Uh, and, and that certainly wasn't the case on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think too, like on the other side, you needed to be able to run the football some just to get you in kind of, if not be able to get those short third downs to get you in manageable situations. It did a little bit, but like, I mean, they were beating their head against the wall. Rodriguez had seven carries for seven yards. Like that, that stat line is just going to be an anomaly. And uh, I don't know who said it or if I heard it from somewhere, but, man, Georgia does a good job taking away your best players. Um, yeah. They, they took away, Yeah. Gary they Danielson did. said it on the broadcast there towards the end of the game. I mean, they did it with well, Rodriguez, and they almost – it kind of did it with Pascal too, where Pascal was making some great plays, mm-hmm. but then you see Bennett bootlegging out the other way, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, I think when I handicapped this game, I went back last year and I saw them. They had a lot of success running inside zone. I thought – They'll be able to get push at times, crease Georgia a little bit, and Rodriguez will have success. But early in the game, it was just like they're not—you're not running inside zone on this team. No, no, you've got to get no, to the edges in the run game. Are too damn good. And you're behind good. behind the line of scrimmage pass game has to be extension of your ground attack in this game. And so that made it a real tough game for Chris Rodriguez. And really in the game, Smoke and McLean were kind of better options for the offense because. It, Became a quarterback-heavy game. You were going to need to throw it a lot, and Levis was going to have to make some plays, and then you were going to have to get on the perimeter a little bit and sneak some runs past them. So that 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 takes away what Kentucky does best, which is unfortunate. I thought they did some good things on offense, but it's just hard, tough sledding. Zero plays over 16 yards. Man, that's, they're good. It. It's hard to do. Like, Kentucky was very good in situational football, 11-21 to 21 combined on third and fourth down, which is really, really good. Three red zone trips against the best red zone defense in college football. Scored 13 points. Not great, but you got a touchdown, touchdown, and a kick up, a field mm-hmm. goal. Yeah. And, and then even that, like we talked about, even that field goal attempt, they had two chances. Like, Wandell's made that catch all year, that diving catch. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then he just kind of lands on the great and takes out his Levis. Yeah, and then the, they the had Dean, a perfect the, play call and just didn't get Dean Bach 
in in like honestly that 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 play really just kind of summarizes the difference between your Georgias, Alabamas, and Ohio States of the world because they have the guys that can make those plays. You have three guys that just need to get a body on one, and you're scoring a touchdown. But that one guy's an All-American. Yeah. yeah, but Georgia just – like their defense is like – they're even at a different world than Alabama or, you know, Ohio State has defensive issues. That's not the case well, at Georgia but, now. I mean, you just can, like that that upper echelon of talent. Right. Like, like, like Ohio like somebody, State and Alabama would do you, do you do that to you on offense where it's just like – Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I, and you know, there's somebody on the KSR live blog like, well, why can't we recruit like that? And it's like, what do you mean why can't we recruit like the three best teams in college football? Like – yeah. It's just a different playing field. They're almost playing a different sport. That's why they want to expand the college football playoff because those four or five teams are the same four or five teams every year. They're just rotating who's in it. You get, you've had what? Michigan State and Washington are like the one-offs that have been the kind of outsiders. Every other time, it's some yeah, combination. LSU. <laughs> yeah, and LSU. LSU got hot one year. Yeah, I mean, right. it's it's just this – it's really hard to do when you have that – talent gap and yes Kentucky's getting closer uh I you know adding Wandell Robinson and Will Levis certainly helped breach that gap they've gotten closer in the trenches um they've got the athletes I think defensively but you have to have those big plays you have to create some turnovers you need the other team to play bad and that they did not they, that that was not happening on Saturday right number one I think Defensively, like Kentucky's built a good defensive culture. They're legitimately, I think, a top 25 unit defensively every year. But I think that that game's a sign that they're just not like close to that top five level. And so when you play good offenses, you're going to give up big plays. You got to kind of bend, but don't break. The, the big issue with me in the game was they couldn't force Georgia. Georgia really struggled in the red zone on offense this year. And they couldn't for they were scoring on big plays. You had the two yeah. Bowers touchdowns. You had Zamir White from twenty five yards out. So and so they scored three touchdowns without even getting to the red zone. And then they get to the red zone and you you force a fumble on one of the possessions. You know you don't recover it and you force a field goal on the other. Um, so that was disappointing that they couldn't force. But in these games, it doesn't matter. Like even if Georgia say Georgia was that good on offense, it's regardless. You have to score points to win these games. Um, to beat Georgia when Kentucky's going to be in a talent deficit, you got to win in the margins. Like you got to have the quarterback that can make some throws, and you got to have a big X receiver that can be isolated on the outside, six three, six four, and can go win on back shoulder fades, go balls, jump balls, and slants, and that that can just give them problems there. That and that's going to open up everything up. Now those are low percentage kind of throws and routes, and there's only a few guys like that in college football, but there are out there. Some smaller teams do find those guys, and that's what Kentucky just – you have to get. The, the other thing you mentioned, too, about UK's defense, before we get too off the topic, they were good at stopping them in obvious passing situations, but they couldn't get them into it. You know, they're no, two third, seven, they couldn't force third downs. There was only seven third downs by Georgia all day, yeah. you know. Georgia is an, an efficiency – they're an efficiency monster on offense. Like, after that game, Stetson Bennett leads the league in passing success rate. He's over 56%. All their running backs are over 53%, over 50% rushing success rate. Kentucky came into this game and they're like, we're stopping the run. We're putting a safety in the box. We're going to stop these backs and we're going to make Bennett beat us because they're banged up at receiver. All they really have is tight ends. 
So we're going to take our chances with him, making him make difficult throw, 15-plus yard throws. And he just made them. And you have to tip your hat <laughs> to him. Right. He right. made them over and over. It was disappointing because Kentucky did, like, the first half they got kind of hit with a haymaker because they didn't recover that fumble. And then the next drive they give up a bunch of big plays. They're kind of reeling, but they score. They get a stop there at the end of the half. They really have a chance there in the beginning of the third quarter. Get a stop. Kind of, kind of go back and forth there. And they really had a chance to put some game pressure on Georgia. Um, because it was like there was a there was a chance there. They right they could have went in, got the game into the fourth quarter within one possession potentially. All they needed probably was one score. And they couldn't do that. That was disappointing that they came out the half and couldn't get Georgia scores boom, boom, and the game's kind of over. Um, so that was like the defense, and that's twice against Georgia in these big games where they really couldn't stop them. Up here in Lexington in 2018, DeAndre Smith or DeAndre Smith, DeAndre Swift ran wild, and then this. So that's disappointing, but I think it's just more proof that you got to score in these games. Like you want to win that, you're not winning this game 21 to 20. Right. You want to go right. out and win this game, you got to score 35 points. You got to score 38 points. You got to hit on chunk plays down the field. You're going to have to throw for over 300 yards to win one of these games. And so that's where Kentucky has to get, and that's Captain Obvious. I think everybody knows that. I think Mark Stoops knows that. That's why he changed. And so now it's just going to be about going out and getting that. And the only way to fix that is through recruiting. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think Kentucky held up well. Like, I don't think physically they were beat down in any way. I think Georgia's offensive line had a really good game. Stetson Bennett had his best game. Mm-hmm. You just kind of have to tip your hat to him, and then you're just dealing with a monster on the other side. And I think there were some good things. And I think for Will Levis specifically, there's going to be a lot to build off from this game. Yeah, and I, I think we went into this game – you know, now, even with the defenses seemingly catching up, you know, college football is still an offensive game. And you just thought that – They're not going to see a defense like this probably for the rest of the decade. <laughs> well, and the thing was, you thought, okay, they have that Georgia defense. If you can get – like, Kentucky's defense pretty good too. You know, there's a world where this can be a 21-24, you know, you, you in the low 20s kind of deal. But – even then, Georgia just they, – they have some guys. And you have Stetson Bennett playing his best game. So, um, it was yeah, unfortunate because um, Square and Jones and Jacquez Jones, they've been outstanding this year. I mean, they've played the, – the, the anticipation, uh, especially Jones in the past, even Square uh, against the run. He's been really gr- great behind the line of scrimmage. I think he's got something like seven and a half tackles for loss or something like that. One of the t- – like top ten in the league. In making plays, yeah, Square's got three sacks, a bunch of tackles for loss. Bunch he's, of he's been great. Stuff. He's been great this year. But, but like, man, they, this game it was not their game. It, it it just wasn't. I don't I don't know what happened. I think some of it might have been after that mistake with the lack of fumble recovery. Maybe some of that momentum. You know, you let one mistake turn into a few. It can happen to even the most veteran of players. But. When you play a team like Georgia with the running backs and tight ends, they put a ton of stress on those linebackers. And Square and Jones, they weren't at their best, and you didn't get much from Weaver or Wright either. So it, it was it was just a tough day all in all for guys that have been outstanding for you up until this point. Yeah, and I also think, like, they're not forcing takeaways. They're having to manufacture a pass rush a little bit this year, which they have fixed from last season. The pass rush is a lot better this season. Mm-hmm. They're getting sacks. But also in the secondary, like, they had two NFL guys. 
Um, so they were the coverage was tighter when they went man, and they were able to make some plays on the ball. Yeah, they just don't really have that this year outside of cornerback when they go man, and so that's taken away turnover opportunities. And so I, I mean, it's kind of twofold there, but they're like I mean, only West Virginia is behind them in Power Five teams and forced takeaways, and West Virginia has played one less game, so they're just not forcing turnovers this year. Yeah, only one interception by defensive backs yeah. this year, and that was the, the Asian pick six versus Chattanooga. And they've been fine, but in a game like yesterday, and I don't want to be too hard on defense because they have won this team games this year. Right, They won right. the South Carolina game. Florida is the number one yards per play offense in the SEC, and they totally shut them down. They were the reason they won that game up in Lexington. And so they have had moments and great moments this season – they got big stops late against both Missouri and Florida to win the game. But eventually you're going to go up against an offense that is just going to move the ball on you. It's going to have a lot of success throwing it. When you get in those situations, you're just going to have to dig down and find a way to create a turnover or two to get a stop. And they just haven't been able to do that this year. So that I would look for that to be a big point of emphasis heading into this next part of the season. Um, going and against Mississippi State, you're going to have a defense that, or offense, excuse me, that's going to nickel and dime you. You're going to have to find a way to make some plays on some on some of those balls, um, because if you don't, if you just give them open windows in the zone, Mississippi State is good enough, and they have the personnel now with receivers, they can do that. So you're going to have to make it, and a lot of it's going to fall on that secondary, I think. And so that's just where they are, but that's kind of the weakness of the team. We thought like they're good at safety, but outside, it's just going to be a little bit of a struggle this season. And so the lack of takeaways, I think, really hurt them against Georgia because you had to force. I thought you had to be at least plus two to really have a good chance to win that game. Right. Going there and playing even and combining that with no chunk plays on offense, very fortunate, I think, to only lose by 17. And that goes to show you that they were able to hang in there and play with them. They just needed – if they got a couple breaks, it could have could have been a different game. Yeah, and to go to the Kentucky offense and Will Levis – Levis didn't have his best game to date, maybe, but it was still a damn good one. You know, yeah. statistically, it wasn't right. Like it was probably up there with the South Carolina and Florida performances, just by the numbers. Mm-hmm. But when you when you watch, that's why it's important to watch these games too, and to realize what happened. Drops were huge. Seven him. out of his ten incompletions were drops. Like, and, I I just... think, <laughs> and, you know, me and you were talking about in-game, people talking about, you know, wanting to throw it deep, blah, blah, blah. Like. <laughs> First time he threw it deep, he got freaking drilled, and all, it was almost a strip sack. <laughs> Georgia plays really a lot of top-down on defense. So, like, they're dropping two safeties deep. They're two safeties. They can – when they when teams do that, like, when you see that, it's automatically checked to a run. If they're going to do that, it's a lighter box, we're going to run it. But they can get away with that because they have two freaks at defensive tackle, mm-hmm. an absolute monster at Mike linebacker, and then two guys around that, two seniors around those defensive tackles who are NFL players, and then two edge guys who are both former five-star recruits who both could play their way into the first round of this year's NFL draft. So it's kind of you're just kind of damned against that. Like you cannot throw against too deep against safeties as good as they have. Lewis seen's the best free safety maybe in college football. When they did go deep, they had Wandale bracketed. They were able to do that because the safeties are dropping deep nearly every play. So, like, 
people saying that it's like hard to, to go deep against them. Yeah. You really have to attack them on like back shoulders and stuff like that on the, on the sideline. And you, Kentucky doesn't have a guy that can do that. And so it makes it tough. Yeah. That's so the, I don't uh, think like, I think that's a big thing people need to realize. Like, like Peyton Manning was on the Manny or the Monday night football call when the green Bay Packers were playing the lions and the lions kept putting too deep, coverage too deep safety he's like well just run it run it run it run it run it that's what you should do yeah but you can't do that against georgia <laughs> and so and they do a good job of mixing it up and blitzing and rogers third and long also has Devonte adams to throw back shoulders too yeah <laughs> you know so, i mean it's just it, it makes it tough and so i think that's what you saw that's why you didn't see a lot of like levis's depth of target was probably like five yards in that game that's a lot of short stuff um what you have to do is really um, pepper them on the perimeter and then hopefully you can get a safety to roll down off that and then throw deep um, on a wheel or something and then Kentucky had some stuff drawn up and Georgia just picked it up I mean it's just they're just really good on defense and I think Kentucky even with that they were able to have some success which is good to see and a lot of it was due to Will Levis just making some plays stepping up in the pocket making some tough for tight window throws showing off a big arm and doing that with even some drops. So I think that was really impressive. Yeah, and and also to do it, like you said, with the drops, with the three straight three and outs, you know, a lot of – we've seen Kentucky teams kind of pack it up whenever the, the snowball starts rolling down the hill and gaining momentum mm-hmm. on the other side. Uh, Kentucky did not flinch. That was when they saved their best work. That's the uh, – that's the resume, Will – real for mm-hmm. Liam Cohen whenever he's getting his next big job yeah. is that drive uh, after you, the three we, straight three and outs. We've seen Jatan McClain's value in two games. Yes. With, Hit him on the will route. They're on that last drive. He beats Lewis Seen, who I've just talked about. Um, might be the best free safety in college football on an angle route. Nearly scores. Like, he has real passing game value, and they're going to need that. And Cohen's creativity, I thought – was great. It would that would have been an awesome game to have Keaton Upshaw. That was really, I think, the game one of the games where they really missed him. He would have been a, a batch-up advantage, a little more playmaking juice than Bates and Rig right now. And to have him on some of those throwback screens and stuff would have been very nice. And really, just like I talked about before the game, I think we're going to get in pretty early, and we're going to realize Kentucky's a receiver or two away. And I think you realize that. Mm-hmm. Which a couple of those receivers, um, Dane Keys announcing next week, that could be one of your guys, your big outside playmaking guys. And then when Wandell inevitably leaves after this season, you need somebody else to fill him. And Chad Simmons had a kind of a surprisingly optimistic uh, report on Barry and Brown for on three plus subscribers. So it's only a dollar for a year. So pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty sweet deal. And you get scoop like that where Simmons essentially said it's between Kentucky and Alabama. Yeah. We still don't know who's really running that recruitment from Kentucky's side. I think it's Cohen. I think that's what Cohen I would, that's, and, that's, and that's what I was going to lead to. I think it's like a team effort, but this is showing me Cohen's got some recruiting chops, which could be huge for everybody. Hey, um, we need you. <laughs> Come play for us. And and really that's the sell right now is yeah. like because do you well, want to sit around and wait at Alabama mm-hmm. or do you want to come here and do yeah. some stuff? Well, Brown, that's the outside receiver with top-notch Speed, playmaking juice. We've seen them really categorize speed, speed, speed. You get Deckel Crowdis has got it. 
if you get Barry and Brown, he's got it. But that like Dane Key is very important because he's kind of that six three big body receiver that I'm talking about that can go up. It's third and eleven. We're throwing a back shoulder here. He's gonna beat the corner to the launch point. He's gonna go make a tough contested catch. Second and long, let's hit him. You know, they're playing us tight. Let's run a slant. That's kind of the guys I'm talking about is him. I think that's a guy he could be at the next level. And, like, he's a huge recruitment um, because they're getting the smaller speed guys, I think you're seeing. But you still need a big guy, a 6'2", 6'3", guy that can be physical and make tough contested catches. And yeah, hopefully and they get him on October 28th because that would be huge. It, it, was, it was frustrating because you would see guys flash – you know, Epps made a great catch on third and long on that scoring drive. And then a few drives later, just drops one. You know, it's right there, drops one. Demarcus Harris had a couple catches like that, and then he drops one on the sideline too, gets his feet down, and then just yeah. can't complete the catch. So, and on the, all of those, like a lot of, not to hate on Hepps or Harris, but a lot of those were like big time throws by Cohen, or not Cohen. Will Levis. Yeah. He was just, oh, especially were, the one to Harris on the sideline. Like, yeah, that was he was a, putting it on him. Even the one in the middle there, the, his drop in the second Epps, Epps had on a third down, yeah. tight window. Cohen, or, or Cohen, I don't know why I keep saying it. Levis put it right in between the eight, the eight and the one. I mean, just you know, he makes some big throws. And that, if he's hitting on throws like that, like these digs, um, these shots to the out, the perimeter outside. Then these deep coverage we've been seeing from defenses, they're going to have to get out of that if he starts hitting on those consistently. And if they have to get out of them, that's when you're going to see the deep shots start to come again, the the bombs to Robinson sneaking behind the safety. Yeah. And so and hopefully I, he can – I think this is a big moment. It's two games in a row where he really built some confidence, was really on target, on time. Great pocket mechanics, I thought, moving, shifting around the pocket, using his legs more. And so I think this moving forward, this could be really big for the offense and really build some confidence for Will Levis um, heading into the next season. Now he's got to go out and do it, right? Um, but but this seems like a like a building block moment for him these past two games together. And let's see if they now you're going heading into a stretch where outside of Tennessee, every defense remaining on the schedule ranks 90th or worse in yards per play allowed for Kentucky. So they're going to be they're going to have some advantages here, a chance to put up some big numbers, and I think it's a big opportunity for Will Levis and this offense to build some really po- positivity and some momentum. Yeah, and I, I, w- I wish that we could have a better measuring stick for Mississippi State. We'll get into that more next week. But you're going the previous two games were Alabama and Vanderbilt. You know, it, yeah, hard hard to get a good well, measuring stick for each. Well. Against either of those teams. Everything else has been close games. LSU, close game. They probably should have won. NC Memphis. State, a close game. If you dig into that, they probably should have lost. Should have lost Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech got down early. Uh, pro- probably should have lost. Miss uh, At Memphis, they should have won. Mm-hmm. Um, they they got screwed by the officials, and there was that was a weird game that Memphis won. And so that's, that's really what they are. Close team. Like, they've been kind of the opposite of Kentucky. Kentucky's been executed and won all their close games. Mississippi State hasn't. So, really, I mean, it seems like on paper it's going to be a game that could be close. Um, but Mississippi State, like, if you look at them now, their defense is hanging their hat on the run defense. But both A&M – and A&M's not a close game. They won. A&M and Bama both were able to run the ball on them. And so, I think that's positive for Kentucky. Um, get that run game going a bit. Team it up with, with Levis passing against what seems to be a spotty pass defense. 
and it could be some nice things for the offense. But we got a long time till that happens. Yeah, no, we do. That it's going to be a night game in Starkville under the lights, but we don't got to worry about those damn cowbells for another week. We have an open Saturday, a bye week, a bye week, a good time. Uh, hey, lucky you ever heard this? But the bye week's coming at the right time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is a good time bye week. I will have to say that. I think they timed that up. <laughs> I just love well. that it's like because it's always in the middle of the season. For oh time. no, that's that's the can saying, yeah. Yeah, it's it's exactly. Um, but uh, you had Isaiah Cummings get a little banged up. A good thing is I don't think it's anything major. Uh, you get another week for, for Ali to potentially come back. But mostly just like the Dean, you know, Stoops kind of alluded to Rodriguez being kind of dinged up against Georgia some. Like just to give these guys a chance to exhale. Uh, they're only going to practice three days. A lot of opportunity. That This is a time for maybe some young wide receivers who, you know, you've been kind of waiting, waiting. You're, you're, you've given the older guys chances. Maybe it's the time that you see if anybody steps up this week, a Chris Lewis or a Magwood or something like that. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm still not, uh, like, confident that one of them is going to come out and be a playmaker next week. But this is where the young guys get a time to shine in practice, get a, a chance to run some quality reps instead of just being relegated to – scout team or something like that so i think that's something they'll look at this week i think you know as much as i like ruffalo and he's accurate that's the big one to me yeah like he's just he's had four kicks blocked you know yeah and i think you could make the argument that most of those weren't his fault right but that ball just it's coming out low and i just I, don't, I mean, you're not going to see Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Devontae Wyatt, you know, really <laughs> triple team a gap right? like that. But I just – I don't know. Maybe this – you know, Poor's obviously got a big leg. You know, we'll – if they're going to make a change, it now seems like the time to do it. So that – and, you know, this is Ruffalo's last year. He's a super senior. Can't go on having all these kicks blocked. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to start thinking about who's a kick. You know, you got Jackson Smith coming in, obviously, but – is probably going to want that job, and if he doesn't get it, he might want to transfer kind of thing. So, right, right, giving right, him right. a shot, see what he has. Yeah, so I think that that's that's for sure one. I think Quandre Mosley at corner. I think he's been Kentucky. You can make an argument he's been the best corner Kentucky has. It might be time to let him start and just get him majority of reps there at the field corner spot. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, maybe right. start rotating Wallace in more if he starts coming on. And if you wanted to get another guy there at boundary tackle, you know, if you wanted to get Rogers and Hayes some work. Yeah. There potentially this is a time to do it. Shout out to uh a Boulay too for really stepping he up. Held it. He, that was probably the best game he played all year. Yeah. Yeah. In a very difficult situation. So glad to see him step up. But you're right. Between him, Ribka, you know, I don't know how much they'd get him involved. I was shocked that Ribka and Oxendown are about the same they do not look like they're close to the same size. I guess because Ribka is like about 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, He's a longer. But they're listed at like the same weight on the roster. Yeah, Ripka's leaner. Ox is more stout. He's, he's more of an ox, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Ripka's going to be – where Pascal's playing right now, that'll be Ripka's spot next year. He'll be yeah. starting there at that field defensive end. Yeah, but um, the thing that's nice about the bye week too, like it, is that we get to pull out our prize picks app, load up, just absolutely load up 
and have a day watching college football. 11 Personnel, it's brought to you by Prospects. You download the app or visit prospects.com and use the promo code PERSONNEL. Get an instant 100% bonus on up to $100 of your first deposit. You, you simply pick a player where they're going to go over and under. You parlay that with a couple others. Boom, bam, slam, bam, thank you, ma'am, and you make some money. Um, it's it's going to be an exciting Saturday where we can dedicate it all to watching all the football at our disposal. And you don't have to just do it Saturday. You can do it Thursday night. I think there's three or four games Thursday night as well. In addition to the NFL games, you got all day Sunday to really catch up on football. So a great time to download the Prize Picks app. Use the pro- code PERSONNEL and get you some free money to play around with during the bye week thanks to our friends at prize picks like it we listen we listened to a lot of football over the weekend and i'm curious what was your favorite what was your favorite homer callers because on the series xm app that you downloaded you get you get almost all homer calls and there were some doozies in there i like the browns guy because he was just calling out calling it like it was the thing about the Browns guy is he had the kind of professionalism and enthusiasm of like a Tom yeah. Leach, but then as soon as the play was over, he would just start like bashing Baker. Well, that ain't like, going to cut it today. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. making like subtle jabs at him. Like the old Miss guys were, God, they were terrible. Oh, but they were awesome. Like they were so bad. They were, they exactly- weren't even, they wouldn't even call the Tennessee players by names. It was just <laughs> quarterback scrambles, those are the wide receiver, tackled by Jones, <laughs> seven yard best- game. The best part, too, is I'm driving us back uh, to where we were staying, the Airbnb where we were staying, and Luckett's just screaming during this, like, final three minutes, how much time's left? How much time's left in the back seat? They finally tell us, and what was great is hearing them narrate the uh, the call on the, the fourth down that got the fans all fired up to start throwing mm-hmm. their garbage everywhere. Like, I – all three of the dudes had different opinions on what was going to happen. I don't know. Oh, look at it now. Oh, and they like all stopped to watch the replay and quit talking. It's just, oh man, it was entertainment at its finest. Yeah, and then we get kind of settled in, and we didn't even realize. Like you turn on TV, and Lane Kiffin's getting hit with a golf ball, and oh, when they said stuff. trash, you thought it was like a one or twelve two. bottles on the field or something. Yeah. <laughs> No, they, they those homers weren't exaggerating at all. Um, yeah. the, the the funniest of all the calls though was the uh, the Dolphins guys who weren't in London, so they're just calling it from the TV. And their play by play guy, he might have been the saddest play by play broadcaster. Just I like the color guy goes. They called it the game the whole time, like not, not saying anything bad or anything like that. And then they go after the game was over and they lost. Well, well that's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrible loss and that's the game i the one dude could not have been more low t like he was definitely out of energy just got the life sucked out of him and i'd like to think mm-hmm. we played a part of that because we were listening to the jags flipped it over to the dolphins and then the dolphins just completely tanked uh and especially the field goals and it looks like it's no good oh wait it hooked in it's mm-hmm. good the little uh <laughs> had a little draw on it yeah Oh man, but uh, Ole Miss, Tennessee is—is is Greg Sankey still afraid of Philip Fulmer, Adam Luckett? 
I, oh man, I wish Fulmer would have been there for that. That would have been made it some good, good, high quality content. I, I just don't like. My thing is, obviously, you have to find them or something. But what, like, what would Sankey? I like the oh, you better try to find these guys, or else. <laughs> you better try to find these guys, or else. Oh, um, I just, I don't. What are they supposed to do? Like, um, I wanted the game without fans. I wanted one game without fans. Just yeah, that's really just, there's too much money to at stake for that. Exactly, yeah. but that's what I really because like that that hurts more than anything, and. I, you know, they got embarrassed. They had to apologize. I think that's um, – I think you're going to – they probably didn't have a heavy enough police presence. Because I know a Kentucky student section, when I'm there, there is a heavy police presence there. Yeah, yeah. Um, whenever stuff – they get that pretty wrapped up pretty quickly. Seemed like there probably wasn't a heavy security enforcement. Well, there. I do think it's also like – it's very funny too to watch Tennessee fans just try to blame the students, or you know, they they just don't want to blame everybody. But that's themselves. the um, that's the part that's, that's like the, the students probably started that, but there was a lot like it was everywhere. And even yeah. after the students got kicked out, they're still throwing trash at Lane as yeah, he's walking it was, off the uh, field. And if you listen to any Tennessee person, it's a lot of built up aggression. I mean, yeah. it's fifteen years of stinking. And you're not gonna sit here and tell me like Kentucky being six and an old playing Georgia in a big game that day. That that probably pissed them off before the game. Mm-hmm. At all the tailgates, the three thirty game, they had to watch Kentucky. Yep. They're about Kentucky's on game day. I'm sure that didn't make them too happy. They go out, Lane's there, and Lane's playing the ultimate heel. <laughs> and so the more the game goes on, that's pissing them off even more. And just how it played out, they got a couple tough calls and how it ended. And then it makes it even worse that they get the ball back, have a chance to score. Their quarterback Joe gets hurt. Joe Milton. Joe Milton, bless his heart. You know what? He almost threw the game-winning touchdown, though, man. That was a heck of a throw. I, I'm mesmerized every time I watch him because he makes some throws. Well, he's leaving the pocket for no reason. <laughs> like they're rushing three, and he's he's dancing it back there in the pocket. And I'm like, dude, just chill out. And make you can make a throw from the from platform. You don't need to get off platform. Just stay in there, and you got vision instead of putting your pulling your head running around, and then you lose sight of what's going on. But Man. yeah, he throws a dart, almost caught, and then the next down he leaves the pocket for no reason. You know, you got to have to throw in the end zone. He starts scrambling. He gets his eyes off. So he can't see anything. It seemed like all the receivers were to the right, and he rolls left. <laughs> and so there's no real way to go. And then he still has room to settle and maybe throw, throw and just, just a like, prayer. And he at least off. chuck it up, like you know, like uh, I swear, Nick, when he took off, I said he's going to throw this past the line of scrimmage, <laughs> and they're probably going to catch it, but it's going to be you know a penalty. Oh a man! Pass. But you know. So hopefully Hooker's okay for them, but yeah, it was just it just but made it worse. For I really want I really want the Joe Milton experience at Kroger Field though. I really want I I want the Joe Milton experience yeah. so badly. Well, we don't know. Hypo is weird with injuries. Like he's saying they're all day to day, but that can mean anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We and won't it, know until it won't be. We won't find out the injuries until like Friday before the Alabama game this week. What they really are probably. Um, so there's a lot, and they have a bye after this week before they come to Kentucky. So it's a long time. So we'll see. But injuries are starting to pile up there. In Tennessee, man, I credit Heupel. He's got them playing really, really hard. I think their defensive coordinator, Tim Banks, has been as good as any coordinator in the league this year, what he's been able to put together with that unit. 
but they're at a numbers disadvantage. And eventually that's going to, they're going to hit a wall eventually. They haven't had a stinker yet. And they're kind of in a roster situation where they can have a couple. So we'll see what happens here, but that smell to me, that smells like a team like playing hard as heck. They're probably going to go and get, take a beating here this weekend in Tuscaloosa. They're going to hit the bye, and I'm not I'm not sure how much juice they're going to have to come on the road right there after the bye week if they're really banged up. So I yeah. could see that playing out where Kentucky has a chance to really kind of get them in a buzzsaw moment, which would be awesome for Kentucky. Oh, would love which to is see my, it. Which leads me to my next question. What is – we wake up on Thanksgiving Sunday, what is Kentucky's record? <sighs> The Mississippi State game does worry me quite a bit. But, man, I really – They're due the, to win down there. I mean, I know, they, 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 this is a spot where they need to win off the bye. Um, yeah. It's a well, toss-up game. In, the, in, the game could go either way, but, like, you got to win one of these eventually. That, part of me there, – there's part of me like it where my, my heart is saying – Nick, don't do this to yourself because you, you've known that. You've been to Starkville. It's terrible. Kentucky can, has come out flat after bye weeks. But, you mean, I mean, they're 4-1 out of them in recent years. Now, some of those games have been Vandy, and I think the only – It's all been Vandy and Mississippi State, and then one was Arkansas. Yeah. Um, but if you can run the ball and get healthy Rodriguez, Smoke, McLean, like – it makes it hard for that air raid. And look what Kentucky did to the air raid last year. I know Will Rogers is no KJ Costello. It's a different football team. Yeah. But and the thing with Mississippi State, they don't get big plays. Um, Rogers is down like nearly at that six something yards per attempt. If you look at the big play numbers, they're just per if you look at the percentages per the amount of snaps they're running, they don't get a lot of big plays. So it's a lot of dink and dunk. So for Kentucky, it's gonna you're gonna be in third downs in this game. It's gonna be getting off the field on third down on defense and then if you can establish that run on offense, I think you can have a pretty good big day there in Starkville. Man, it really should be 10 and 1 waking up Thanksgiving Saturday. And the thing Not that th- I like about that Thanksgiving Saturday, too, is that even if you are a big favorite Wait. and you know how rivalry games get weird and stuff like that, Kentucky does just like to bully ACC teams. Well, you you have an a brief, I mean, you have kind of a 75% buy that week before playing yeah. New Mexico State at home. Right. I think New Mexico State plays Alabama the week before you. <laughs> So they're going to beat up to hell, right? You know, and they're going to come in there and try not to just get out of there. I'm saying ten and two because I think Mississippi State, Tennessee, those spreads are all going to be within three points one way or the other, and that Louisville spread is probably going to be within seven points on the road. That's three pretty close toss-up games. I don't think in the way Kentucky's won a bunch of close games already, they're kind of due to lose one of those. I think Mm. they can win two of them. Well, which one are they most due to lose? So if they're due to win in Starkville, but they're also due to lose a toss-up, which toss-up do they lose? I would say they lose in Starkville would be my pick. Off the bye, it's a big game for Mississippi State at home. Mississippi State hasn't been good at home. I would say Mississippi State. I don't think Kentucky's going to lose to Tennessee because I think Tennessee, I think that's a good spot for Kentucky. But that but, night game, the night, the night part of Starkville just. But it's crazy. easy. It's easy to talk yourself into eleven and one. I mean, it really is. I think the Louisville game is maybe going to be a little more trickier than people are going to want to realize, especially if Louisville can hit on some big plays. 
but I do love that they get they get the New Mexico State game right before that. And Louisville gets a long week because they play Duke the Thursday before that. God, what a terrible game that nobody's going to want to watch. And so, I mean, we'll see. Um, but it's easy to talk yourself into the 11-1. and one. I think it's going to be 10-2, and two, but that's what I would – if you made me put a wager down, I would take 10-2 and two just because I feel like they're going to stumble at one of those three. But it's hmm. easy – I think it's very easy to talk yourself, especially if they win on the 30th. There in Starkville, ten and That's two one. would be but the you most. Yeah, think of all the role places Stoops has won: Florida, South Carolina, multiple times; Vanderbilt, multiple times. Knocked the Tennessee monkey off their back last year. Louisville has won there multiple times. So you talk about you have seven or eight opponents the same every year. You've got Missouri multiple times. Everyone in the East, they've won except Georgia, which has just been – since Stoops has got it rolling in 2016, Georgia has been the top-10 team. So that's understandable to not be able to knock off a top-10 team on the road. But the one – the weird one that they haven't gotten is Mississippi State. Yeah. Kentucky's won more recently in Athens than Starkville. Mm-hmm. I'm going to so be saying is, that a lot over the next two weeks. This is the – you know, you got to get that one eventually, and this feels like a good year to get it. Mike Leach has not been good at home, 2-7 and seven against the spread. You in home games since arriving in Starkville. It's going to be, like I said, I mean, I don't know. A lot of it's going to depend on how good Vanderbilt looks or how good Mississippi State looks this weekend, but that line's going to be, I think, two and a half one way or the other or lower on one side. I'm not sure who will be favored, but yeah. it'll be somewhere could, in that window. Could end up around a pick them. Yeah, so, it's yeah a total close, toss. Yeah. It's going to be a total toss-up game. And, I mean, we'll see. Um, if Kentucky goes down there and plays well, they'll win. But they haven't played well there – and you've even looked at the last time the one oh eight was an ugly win. Like it's and I don't I don't ever remember them playing well down there. Um so you know we'll have to see when we Except get that there. first one when the onside kick got overturned and Stoops yeah, is better. They did yes, head yes. Twenty thirteen they played <laughs> well. They almost stole a win there, which would have been huge mm-hmm. for early in the Stoops tenure. But ever since then, like fifteen they got blown out, seventeen they got their doors blown off, nineteen they they were All right, we don't need to relive it. Damn it, look at that. Gosh, I, those games sucked, okay? We don't need to relive the Garrett Schrader and, shredding Kentucky. And in these games, they've never been, really been able to score down there. Now you yeah. got it's a good Seven another big opportunity one, for Cohen. 16, the 3-3-5 yep. stack weird defense gave them a ton of issues last year, even in a blowout win. Um, can Cohen figure those out, and can you go down there and score 34 points? And even if Mississippi State has some success on offense, you can breathe easy because your offense is going over 30 and you'll be able to control the game. But we got it next week to talk about that. But that's really – that's the interesting part. Can Kentucky get to 11-1? and one? I mean, that'd be crazy. And then we can have playoff talk. <sighs> Either can way. Can you imagine playoff talk time. going – can you imagine just 10-1 and one going to that Louisville game? It is so funny, like the the playoff talk, like how much you rail against it, and yet here you are. I love I it. I know. I've been thinking about that too. Because <laughs> oh, it's I'm, I'm telling you all right now, I don't think Kentucky will get in if they're ten and one or eleven and one. I think they're going to rail on them for the schedule, and it's going to cause a, like people are going to be pissed around here because it's any other SEC team, mm-hmm. just about. It's not, you know, it's not an issue, but I'm telling you, it's because you're going to look up the schedule and Kentucky's going to have a lot of wins over like seven and five teams. 
and then they played one good team and they lost by 17. Um, and that's what that's what the Kentucky's going to have to hear. What about. if that one good team is the best team in college football? So yeah, yeah, um, we'll see. We still got some time to figure it out. Uh, we're going to watch, but it's games. fine with me. Send us a sugar bowl. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Come on, let's do it. Let's have a grand old time. Uh, like it, I know you're excited for high profile games this weekend, like Syracuse, Virginia Tech, and Kent State, Ohio. You know, these are always the slates, though, we complain about, but there's. I have a sneaky feeling some crazy stuff could happen this weekend. Oh, Cincinnati at Navy? Is this where Cincinnati slips up? I don't think so, but that's a (laughs) – that spread caught my eye. Yep. You know Cincinnati hates UCF. They just just beat the doors off them. Now they have to go on the road to sleepy old Annapolis for a noon kickoff Mm. to play the option. Mm. Navy's Mm. been good at home. They – they – Covered against SMU, covered upset UCF. LSU Ole Miss is going to be the most fun game of the day. That that one is most likely to go bonkers. Um, There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Now, Nevada, Fresno State this weekend, Nick. Big game in the Mountain West. Huge game, a 7 p.m. or two. Mm -hmm. 7 p.m. No, after dark games. There's a lot of games on Thursday and Friday. Yeah, which really why? Sure why? Yeah, but so we don't get an after dark one though. You know, it's kind of uh, other than Hawaii playing at midnight. It's not on regular TV. Very much looking forward to Purdue can be first in the Big Ten West if they beat Wisconsin today. Or Saturday. I, I'm, I hate to tell you, but I'm probably going to be on Wisconsin this week. <laughs> it's a classic fade. Oh yeah, wet down spot. And it seems like I need to look up the numbers, but it seems like Wisconsin's been a tough matchup for them where I was been a great. Right. Yeah. I think you're right. Even though they play similar styles, they've not done well against Wisconsin in recent years. So, right. So I think Um, that's, that's, they're in the top 25. It just seems like a perfect moment. Quietly, Wisconsin has played pretty well the last couple of weeks. Yeah. The total is only 40 in that. God, that feels like an over. I don't know. The Purdue defense, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, but if you get – yeah, I guess you're right. You would need both teams in the 20s probably to get that. Which I don't – Purdue's had some moments where they couldn't score this year. No, definitely. Clemson is a dog at Pitt. Yeah, that line completely flipped, too. Flipped on its head. So, mm-hmm. I don't Kenny know Pickett's what making a big there. Heisman push. I, I can't even find a money line pick like it because all these games are – Yeah. As much as we talked about them being bad, there's not really big spreads, you know. Well, you get some brand names that are dogs this week. Like Oregon's a two-point – a small dog on the road. Clemson's a small dog on the road. LSU's a dog on the road. Like, you've got some brand names here that you could – that you don't ever get points with hardly, and you're getting – you're catching points this week. So, if you wanted to jump – like, this is an opportunity where if you want it, you got to take it. Going to be weird to see – game day at ucla just the timing of it like do they show up i mean yeah, they don't care right that's gonna be yeah mine nick i'm going to louisville bc plus six plus mm. 200 on the money line that they've been really to- good on the road with halfley last week stunk but if you kind of look at it turnovers had a big part of it don't really trust louisville no not at all so give me i mean yeah there wasn't it was slim pickings this week i'll take the eagles plus 200 to beat louisville yeah, go on, Halfley. You're a big Halfley guy. You've been a big Halfley guy for yeah, a long time. Back, back my guys, like back your dudes a week <laughs> like this. Like preseason, whatever you felt in the preseason, 
Like this is the week to just kind of double down on that. Um, if you got a team in a spot that you like, just go ahead and take them and see, roll the dice, see what happens. Roll the dice, see what happens. I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to find anything here. Uh, you got Charlotte plus seven. Wait, on... wait, wait, wait. Oklahoma State's a seven-point dog. And they're undefeated at Iowa State. That, that's a yeah. stinky line. Yeah. Uh, if you kind of look at – well, Oklahoma State's offense kind of stinks. Right, right. But, but if you look at Iowa State's, like, yards per play numbers, they're, like, top 10 yards per play offense, like, top 10 yards per play defense. So – No, you know what I'm going to do, Luckett? I'm riding LSU and Coach O. Interim O is back. Uh, Ole Miss is really fortunate to have won the last two games. I mean, they've all come down to the final play. That kind of Lane's skidding by on the hair of his ass. So, you know, Corral's banged up. Yeah. 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 LSU's going to be in the the Luckett's locks this week. Yeah. Lock it up. Lock it up. I don't know if it'll be one of my best three picks, but they'll be in there. I'm also going to take a lot of chili. I'm probably going to eat something like 17 different chilies on Saturday. Very excited to enjoy chilies and beers outside. Yeah. Big outdoor TV watching kind of day. You know, if you think Navy weather. can hang, Nick, they're uh, plus fifteen hundred on the money line. Yeah, they ain't beating Cincinnati though. That's like actually winning a game. I'm just saying that's um, it's a pretty big spread there. Fifteen <laughs> plus fifteen hundred be a nice payday. It would be. It would be. Oh man, it really would be. Well. Look at this has been fun. Now we need to go enjoy some more bye week. We need to bye bye bye. Um, but it, it was a blast down in Athens. Appreciated seeing a lot of listeners out there. It was it was a great time, man. That that atmosphere pregame, like it, it felt like Kentucky belonged in that big time college atmosphere. And the amount of trash that Georgia fans talk, you you could tell they could smell that the cats are, are getting close. The burn the ships moments were. They were up there all time in like football tailgate moments. That stuff was pretty. Oh man, it was hilarious. It was pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, great time. We were happy to be down there. We were happy to see all of you. And now we're happy to get a little bit of a break. But we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Live and Personnel's Download Prize Pick. Use the code Personnel and have yourself a weekend, folks. We'll be back here next week to get you ready for the Cats and the Bulldogs from Mississippi State. Until then, go Cats, go Krogering.